0: Good evening, everybody. This is the second match of match game week 30, where I will be analyzing the shot by shot of everything between Aston Villa and Arsenal. This game ended one 0 to Arsenal as the away side, and it looks like I will not be looking as as many shots compared to Wolves versus Leeds because a total of 18 shots were recorded here compared to the 28 in the previous match. So. According to a surface level glance at stats, it looks like we have Arsenal completely dominating the first half and then we will see how Villa respond in the second. Alright on to the video. So the first match, the first shot pops up at the 3 minute mark. The first shot on the 3 minute mark where Emma smith Road gets something. And let's see what happens here. I think what's interesting to note is that Arsenal are without Martinelli through illness. So, this is where Smith Row is expected to make an impact. And what's equally fascinating is that Smith Row operates on the left side. And instead of the usual 4 2 3 1. We are perhaps expecting a 4-3-3 instead with Odegaard deeper than usual. Okay, so the sequence here is that Arsenal has this long switch down to the right side and it looks like Bukayosaka Busai- has done actually Young for pace. Odegaard links up with Smith-Rowe and there's the shot. So this is something that isn't unfamiliar for Arsenal because Smith Rowe has made runs to the central part of the box before for shots. Mm, I think what's interesting as well is that this shot had an XG of 0.11 even though the shot was from pretty much the edge of the box in front of like four defenders so we'll see how that plays out Now what I noticed about Arsenal's shots in the first half is that they were all taken from the same area such as the next shot in the ninth minute so I will fast forward to that time now Okay, so what happens here is that Arsenal are working the ball down the right side again looks like something consistent from Arsenal itself Okay this time it's another switch down to the right side and what's interesting to the note here is that Odegaard is the one that's pulling wide so I think a really big factor here is that Martin Odegaard chooses the spaces that are vacant left by Villa's midfield and I also find that Odegaard's decision making is very very swift pretty much one look, one pass and a teammate has a shot in so let's see where this trend continues now the next shot is on 18 minutes by Smith Rowe again and this time it's a really really big one so let's see what happens here okay so once again um, Arsenal work the ball down their right side and Smith Rowe gets a really really good shot from point blank now Bukayo Saka has space against Ashley Young here, squares him up and he uses Odegaard once again while he overloads Ashley Young so. I think full credit here goes to Martin Odegaard for exploiting the matchup between Saka and Ashley Young. I think if you can figure out how to double up against Aston Villa that way, it's definitely an asset moving forward. Okay, the next shot comes up as the goal from Bukayo Saka itself. So let's see where that ends up. On the 30th minute, if I'm not mistaken, this shot comes from a set piece where yeah you have a free kick that comes in from the right side i think what's equally interesting is how Arsenal won that free kick as well yeah because Ashley Young is the one that fouls number seven yeah so this is pretty much the Bukayo Saka versus Ashley Young show. And from that free kick, yeah, you get that beautiful shot from the edge of the box from Bukayo Saka again. So, I'm going to skip past this particular shot because it's just a set piece. And I'm going to fast forward to the second half where Lacazette has a shot just after half time. So, let's go to that. I think what's interesting so far is that Arsenal have restricted Aston Villa to absolutely nothing. Um, that's the first observation here. And what's equally nice to see is that Villa have, have no backup for their left back. Um, usually it's a winger that tucks in. But because Aston Villa's formation is so narrow, you'd have to rely on either Coutinho or John McGinn to track back all the way. To left back and i don't see that happening because McGinn and Ramsey they tend to stick to the middle of the pitch okay so now i'm in the second half and it's just started Villa have the ball and it looks like Ramsey gives it away to Lacazette so i think this is really naive from Villa and Lacazette gets his shot blocked as a result so perhaps it's something of a mentality lapse from Villa. Now I'm gonna fast forward to the Smith Rowe shot on 48 minutes and this comes from a corner to the edge of the box so um, nothing too special so I will fast forward now to the 51st minute where Odegaard has a shot okay so I think what's really interesting is that Villa still do not have a shot even though it's the 51st minute. Usually, when a team is trailing 1-0, the team that leads has a fragile period just after half-time. So, I find it a little bit disappointing actually that Villa doesn't take advantage of this. So, I've just seen the older guy shot and it looks really good because once again, Arsenal robbed the ball. Villa's midfield and Odegaard basically plays a 1-2 off Saka to have his shot blocked from the edge of the box. So I think the irony here is that Villa played three central midfielders but in the second half here Arsenal are playing everything through the middle instead of the flanks like in the first half. Um, I'm not sure whether this is down to Villa's naivety uh, but it's something Steven Gerrard definitely has to address. So. I'm going to fast forward to the 61st minute where John McGinn has his first shot and this is pretty far out now what happens here is that this shot comes from the left side just outside the box and it's a long ball forward all the way from centre-back basically yeah so Villa win the ball back from central midfield it's a long ball all the way out to Ollie Watkins and he basically sets yeah he has a cross blocked, and John McGinn has a shot from outside so I think direct balls would be something that Villa would look to explore if they're 1-0 down although it's hard to say if Watkins is in a good position to set somebody up here. Okay, next up, Bukayo Saka immediately responds with a shot from inside the box, and we shall see how that plays out. So, Granit Saka has the ball on the left, they work it down, down right side. The 1 2 frees up Z- Saka, and now Bukayo Saka has the ball. And it looks like Arsenal are quite patient with this. And okay, so Bukayo Saka has the ball in the box here. And what's interesting is that this time round, I think that is... Yeah, Cedric's moved forward. So, um, prior to all these chances, we've not seen Cedric involved in all of this, even though Bukayo Saka has Ashley Young's number in this match and I think it's really good that Cedric's finally advanced although we shall see if something happens after that Okay, I'm going to fast forward to the 64th minute now where Bukayo Saka has another shot centrally just outside the box and Arsenal have the ball now they're working it around Odegaard's finding space being the extra man but to credit the Villa they've adjusted well they're tracking Arsenal man for man including Odegaard as the romer Bukayo Saka has actually young's number again, but instead of going inside Instead of hitting the byline He takes a touch into the central area and he makes a shot for himself so I think this is reasonable It's a reasonable Choice to let Bukayo Saka take a shot from outside. So Villa have done okay there. All right, Douglas Luiz's shot on 66 minutes is really, really far out so I'm just going to quickly fast forward to that and drop a quick note on it, oh it's a free kick, okay, never mind. 68 minutes, Oli Watkins, let's see how that plays out. So on the 68th minute, what happens is that Villa win the ball back in central midfield and they work it down their right side. This time round, finally, Phil, I have it 2v1 on the flank, but Ollie Watkins uses the decoy run of many cash and he shoots through a crowd. <clears throat> I think this is really poor decision-making from Ollie Watkins, actually, because the ball is constantly underneath him. He's basically squaring up the left back. No, he's squaring up Thomas Party actually, on oh, no, he's squaring up Gabriel. Sorry, so, um, I think Watkins has this selfish streak when he sees that he has an opponent that he can beat, but I don't think it's a tactical trend, unfortunately. Okay, seventy fourth minute, Lacazette's shot. At this stage, substitutes are all in, so I'm gonna pay more attention to who's available as well as was involved. Okay now I think it's also worth noting that Villa still have not had a shot on target. So let's see where this goes. Now Lacazette's shot which is rare given how things have played out for Arsenal lately. So Odegaard is, Odegaard is a spare man and they walk the ball down the right side So it looks like Yeah, this time round Smith Row plays it off Oh, that's a beautiful ball from Saka from Granit Zaka to find Lacazette there so Yeah, this is pretty much just Lacazette trying his luck from range Not much significance there and nothing happens until the 85th minute okay Um, Danny Yings has a really decent shot from regular play where he misses so I'm gonna see what happens here okay Um, I think it's also worth noting that this is the first shot that is in a good location from Villa so I'm gonna see what happens here okay Villa walked the ball down their right side Maddy Cash is really really far forward at this stage Number 15 is on, that is that is that is Bertrand Traore, which is a name we've not seen for a while. And so Villa have worked it down their left, Ashley Young is up as well. And Villa are still being really patient here, but the cross comes in from the left. And I think what's really disappointing is that Danny Yings has to force himself to make a really difficult run to the left. So... The cross comes in from the left, Danny Yings is there to meet it running towards the left while he has to glance his header to the right. That is something really difficult and I think I would put it down to the poor cross itself because I'm pretty sure Danny Ings doesn't want to make those type of headers, especially when the ball isn't at speed. Okay, I'm fast forwarding to the 90th minute as the last, oh it's a corner shot, okay. I'm going to fast forward to injury time where Danny Yings has another shot from a decent spot 90 plus 3 let's see where this goes okay so corners cleared and yeah it looks like Arsenal just don't clear their lines properly and Danny Yings has a shanked shot inside the box so I think to conclude, really, this is about Villa's impotence, and we probably have to dig deeper into why Villa can't generate shots themselves because everything that Villa have produced has been very sporadic, nothing consistent. Arsenal, however, know their strengths. I think what's really good to note here is that Arsenal has shown that they are not reliant on one or two players, and Odegaard has been really the link man. You know between all of Arsenal's attacking midfielders and whichever flank Odegaard drifts into basically creates the best chances for those players. You can see him repeatedly head out to the right flank to help Bukayo Saka and yeah that's where all the goals and the chances have come from. So this is pretty much the end of it and we shall look forward to the next game where where Leicester play Brentford See you soon